0: Hey everybody, welcome back to 5 Minutes of Courage with me, Maggie. Today we find ourselves in the ninth chapter of the Gospel of John, and if you are on my email distribution list, you got an email yesterday with the phrase, Jesus heals a man born blind. I once was blind, but now I see. We're talking about not only actual physical blindness, we're talking about metaphorical blindness there is a lot packed into this rather short chapter. But as I mentioned yesterday, this miracle is completely unique in scripture. In fact, from Genesis to John, no prophet, priest or apostle ever gave sight to blind eyes, except for Jesus, and he did it a lot. Here's the thing about this. This is why this is so impactful. Healing blind eyes is the work of the Lord. And that's evidenced in the Old Testament, a couple different places. If you were able to look at Psalm one forty six, verse eight, it says, "The Lord opens the eyes of the blind." And the word "Lord" there would be translated to Yahweh Jehovah, which specifically points to Jesus, to the Messiah. In Isaiah thirty five five, the eyes of the blind shall be opened again. Specific work of the in- the coming Messiah. The uh, the prophecy being foretold by the prophet Isaiah, the eyes of the blind shall be opened. Well, in verse six, and I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and then work backwards. Verse six, it says, then he, he being Jesus, spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Well, that is a super cool story. But let's talk about a few things here. Not a lot of people would appreciate having mud made of w- with spit, dirt and spit, rubbed in their eyes, right? So some people would look at how Jesus did this miracle, and they would object. Why? They would say it's offensive, it's inadequate, or even maybe harmful to rub mud made out of spit in a man's eyes. Well, let's parallel this with some way that the people, some people feel about the gospel. Some people find the gospel offensive. And you can fill in whatever blank you like here. It is true that it often offends our pride and our human wisdom. But it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. That's First Corinthians. And in plain English, God is going to do whatever he's going to do to save people, and there are going to be people who are going to find that inadequate. Some people find the gospel inadequate. But I'm going to pose a very pointed question. Have all the psychiatric and political and social programs in the world done more good than the life-changing gospel of Jesus? I will argue that they have not. It does not mean those programs are not good, but there is no thing in the history of ever that is more life changing or that is more good, if you will, than the gospel of Jesus. Some people would go past inadequate to say even that the gospel is harmful and that they would argue that the free offer of grace in Jesus causes, would cause people to sin. Because it's too cheap and easy. Dietrich Bonhoeffer talked about cheap grace, and that is not something we want. And yet remember, grace is not something that you have to earn. This man did not even need to earn his sight back. In fact, he didn't even ask. Jesus took the initiative. The blind man did not come to Jesus and ask to be healed. Jesus came to him. And yet, he expected the blind man to respond in faith, which he did. He went to the Pool of Siloam. He didn't kick up a fuss and, and say, why did you put mud in my eyes? That's gross. And I'm not going to go. No, he did what he was asked. He moved forward in faith. And what? He was healed. He was healed never even asked for it. So let's go back to the beginning. And the story starts with rabbi, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins, or his parents sins? Isn't that the age old question? The punishment must fit the crime. And particularly in the ancient world, someone who had a serious affliction, like blindness, must have done something super extra terrible because the punishment had to fit the crime. And yet, does Jesus answer to this question? Well, he responds without actually answering it. Jesus' response was, I'm not here to answer such such questions, but I'm here to do the work of God in alleviating such suffering while I can. So the obvious question is, why do bad things happen to good people? And if you think that I can absolutely, completely and fully cover this in five minutes or less, you would be incorrect. But the very short answer is because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's willing to serve Satan and to serve sin. Do you wake up in the morning and ask yourself, Thy will or my will? Because guess which one is going to get you more hurt and suffering. If you're chasing your own agenda, you will be living in blindness. It's important and imperative that we are choosing the column, thy will. If we are lifting our eyes, opening them to see the light, we will come across all kinds of opportunities for faith, for service, and ways to think of others outside of ourselves, in addition to keeping our eyes on the light of the world, on Jesus, the one who can alleviate all pain, all sin, all suffering. So tomorrow, make sure you come right back here tomorrow to this same place, wherever you're listening, because we are going to take apart the nuts and bolts of the people there, including the blind man's parents. Be well. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to this podcast. I'd hate for you to miss out on even one minute of courage, then share it with all your friends. If you'd like more information or would like to contact me directly, go to 5 minutesofcouragecom That's the number five, and you can connect with me there.